Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Coasters and Culture with Rex and the Beast. This is the Beast, and tonight Rex and I, well, we're going to continue our series of podcasts on ranking every maze from Halloween Horror Nights 2003 through Halloween Horror Nights 29, which was in 2019, and we're putting them into four-tier ranking system that we created. Tier 1 are the best houses, Tier 2 are pretty darn good houses, Tier 3 are still not bad. Tier 4, well, those are the houses that we would never go back to, even if you just handed us a uh, readmission ticket. So today, we're talking about Halloween Horror Nights 19 and 20, and we're very glad that you're with us. Join the journey. Here we go. Rex, um, how's your computer battery doing over there? You know, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I marked it good, and uh, looks like we're going to be okay. I am. Uh, let me tell you something, though. It's pretty amazing. As uh, I am up in Vail here in Colorado, and I am set up on a beautiful uh, deck here overlooking Vail Village, and it's just amazing at night. We're doing this at night. The lights of the village and the valley uh, down below. I'm up on the top of a hill, a, a very nice home here I'm staying at for the week. Uh, it's just awesome. It's a great place. I feel like all the podcasts should come from here. Yeah, that is nice. And you're up there by yourself right now, right? I am by myself right now. We uh, we rented this place for like 10 days and had the whole family up last weekend. And then my wife stayed with her sister to do some hiking. And she came home today and I turned around and ran up here. And I'm going to stay here for a couple of days by myself. And then the whole family's back for the weekend. So it's it's fun little uh, deal. We actually booked this when we thought the kids were going to be um, totally virtual learning. And we were just going to set up here and let the kids do their schoolwork from here while we enjoyed being up here uh, but it turns out they're actually in school except for Fridays Fridays virtual and so we just changed the plans up a little but it's been great very very cool <clears throat> well you know there was something I was getting ready to say that was extremely relevant and I just totally forgot what it was oh I know what it is maybe the, tonight on the podcast we need to go ahead right from the very beginning and talk about all the exciting opportunities that fans of Rex and the Beast have to make some money here. I think we should do that. Well, we probably should, uh, although by the time this podcast drops, one of those uh, chances is going to have passed. So hopefully someone managed to get it right. That was from this podcast. We, we have one tier one house from HHN 19, and we have one tier four house. And so if anybody had managed to, to get to us the correct houses before this podcast drops, they won 25 uh, bucks. And I guess we will uh, have to find that out. No one has won it yet as of the time of recording. But the even greater one that's out there is for $75 gift card or Venmo or PayPal. No, no, no. $50. Oh, sorry. I was thinking the 50 and the 25. That's right. Um, it's a $50 gift card for that one. Um, we're going to keep having people hopefully take some guesses as to what was the first roller coaster that I ever rode. Uh, first uh, full roller coaster, adult coaster, not a kiddie coaster. 
And, um, you know, we've just had some amazing responses. And I know it's tough. There's still a lot of coasters out there it can be. But keep an eye on the clues that are dropping uh, sometime around 10 o'clock mountain time every morning. And uh, it's going to get a little easier. The clues are going to narrow it down. And you want to be ready to jump on that because, hey, it's free. Why not? Well, and we had, there was one guest came in today that was really close. We were kind of excited about how they almost got it, even with, you know, pretty limited clues still. So it seems like we're getting closer to the right answer. I agree. I'm excited. Well, we have Halloween Horror Nights 19 and 20 to talk about. That's why we're here. So let's go ahead and get to it. Halloween Horror Nights 19 at the Universal Studios in Florida. Uh, in 19, he had the Usher. The icon for the year was the Usher. He was going to be going through one of the haunts. We also had Chucky and the Wolfman and Jigsaw from the Saw films. Uh, lots of things going on. We've got, um, you know, what was this one called? Rip from the Silver Screen, right? Was the yep. That's right. Um, kind of the uh, motto for 19. So let's do it. We're going to go through all of the mazes and then put them in one of our four tiers. Let's go ahead and go over those again really quick. Tier 1 Immortal Island. Uh, this is, you know, as Tom Cruise would say, the best of the best. And then tier two is Port of Evil. These are still really, really good. Some of them maybe even could have potentially get gotten into tier one, but they made the tier two. Tier three, Night Prey, not as good as tier two, obviously. You know, we, we saw some problems here, but still enjoyed them. So they're in tier three. And then tier four, Toxic City. You know, Rex, if you could summarize Toxic City mazes in one word, what would it be? I I hesitate to even think as to what that one word could be. But I would have to say, if we were going to name the Toxic City houses in one word, I would say unpleasant. Unpleasant. (laughs) There you have it. Okay. So here we go. I will start off and... I've got a list of the houses from Halloween Horror Nights 19 pulled up here on the website in no particular order. So I'm just going to read the first one and then I'm going to find where we put it. And the first one that I'm looking at is Chucky, Friends to the End. So this is obviously based off the Chucky film franchise, the IP. And I can see here, Rex, that it was in the sprung tent, which means I can probably go ahead and fire my way all the way down to either tier three or four because tent houses usually are awful. And sure enough, Chucky Friends to the End is in Tier 3. Um, so not one of our favorite houses of the event. Yeah, you know, I have got no problem with Child's Play, the film franchise. I mean, the original was fun. It was fine. It wasn't necessarily scary. But everybody who likes horror movies probably is going to, in some ways, like this film. You know, it was pretty unique and new. But I just remember the haunt itself for some reason, didn't really work. It certainly wasn't scary. Uh, you're limited by the tent situation. Yeah, this one gets a three. Not much there for me. Yeah, I am not a fan of the Chucky uh, series. Um, a matter of fact, I've only seen the very first one. And I, I just, I just, Chucky just does not do it for me. Um, but even so, I mean, there's plenty of haunts we do where I have no idea what the characters are, especially before we started all the IP stuff later in the, the run. And that, so that in of itself is not going to make it make or break the house for me. But it was just a poor house. It, was not, um, it wasn't good on the scare side. It wasn't good on the atmosphere side. It, it really it was just a poor house. But that being said... 
it was uh, it was not bad enough to be in a tier four. We did still walk out of it saying that was actually somewhat uh, enjoyable. I would say, right? It wasn't completely unpleasant. It wasn't. It was not an unpleasant experience. Okay. Um, it was somewhat enjoyable. Somewhat for, enjoyable for had various for, things for, going on for here. various <laughs> reasons. <laughs> That's right. All right, your turn. All right. Well, um, since I don't have any idea what. Uh, what you are looking at while you are making the call here, I'm just going to pick one, and I'm going to pick uh, pick Saw. Um, this this was the first time that the Saw franchise made it into um, HHN, I believe. And just like you are, I'm actually taking a look. But that and that one, as I expected, is a little higher. It's in the Port of Evil in Tier Two. Saw is, um, and you know, I have mixed feelings to be honest about. Uh, about Saw as a franchise of the movies and also this is I, I think there's parts of it that are really uh, that work really well as far as toying with your emotions but what what has you know been called the the sort of torture porn type of uh, movies are, are not usually my favorites and bottom line is though they did a good job setting it up the sets were very solid um, and hence a nice tier two yeah you know, it, it, the movie franchise became a caricature of itself in some ways. I thought the original Saw film was unique. I, I thought the the graphic violence in that film lent itself well to the story. And it was fun to see it come alive. Again, we haven't gotten yet into full throttle mode and IPs, but we're, still, we're certainly getting there here at 19. And the Saw house was something that, of course, was going to happen because of the popularity of the franchise. Yeah, it was fun to look at. Neat to see some of the characters not a tier one house, but we still enjoyed it. So tier two it is. The next one on my list is Dracula Legacy in Blood. We're talking about Vlad here. And this was located in one of the sound stages. And that is exactly what I remember about this Rex is us thinking, mm, yeah, it looks good. It's a, uh, it's beautiful to look at. There were some uh, nice vignettes. There were some, uh, I remember a couple of scares uh, that were in the maze. But, you know, we came out of it thinking, I don't know, there just wasn't something that really kind of pushed it over the edge. You know what I mean? And so because of that, it lands in tier three for us, which maybe is a little surprising, even as I'm talking about it, that that's not in tier two. But for but we put it in tier three. So what do you think? Well, I, I, you've heard me say this on previous podcasts, and I, I think this is like maybe the third one of these I've said this about in Tier 3. I think this is right at the top of Tier 3. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very solid Tier 3. It could easily have been at the bottom of Tier 2. I also believe, and you, you heard me say this on just the last podcast, I also believe we may have had a bad run in this one because yeah. we, a lot of people that we – uh, trust and and match up with with how we look at things and uh, HHN really liked this house a lot hmm. so I I do believe that uh, it's possible we had a tough run but as we've talked about from the very beginning that's all we can go on and we only ran most of these one time so if we get a bad run it's going to be low and I think that may have happened here and that's why it's in tier three yep okay all right. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and jump to what I think will surprise no one and that our tier one house and only tier one house from HHN 19, uh, and that is Silver Screams. Um, it was, I think this one was in the, was this in the parade building? 
It was. Yeah, in the parade building. And honestly, we have generally liked the parade building. Yes, haunts. we have. Yeah. Um, and, and this certainly was one of them. Um, I, I thought it was really, really a great house. Of course, ties in with the usher, who was the sort of icon there. And I, I do remember we came out of this. We saw a number of scenes from sort of classic movies and played out and that sort of thing. And I do remember us coming out of this one and saying, that's the house of the night. And it held up, and it certainly was. You know, what's amazing about Silver Screams, you're, you're walking into the Universal Palace Theater. you got the usher that's leading you in. And we came out of it thinking, how awesome was this? It was like you were buying a ticket, and then you would walk into one of the scenes from one of the movies that were there, like you just mentioned. Uh, Shaun of the Dead and Family Opera and My Bloody Valentine and The Thing and so forth. And I remember us thinking that would be so cool just to see an entire maze of, of a movie that has those scenes recreated, which is exactly what they started doing, especially with Halloween at HHN 24. I mean, the, the house was the film. The scenes were just directly recreated. So even though we've already had some things like Psycho and The Thing Assimilation and other movies, they didn't just recreate scenes. They took the uh, principle of the movie, the theming of the movie, the characters of the movie, and then they created their own unique haunt, which is great. But it was really neat to see scenes from the movie in the house. And then it, uh, Halloween Horror Nights ended up doing that in a massive way in later years. So that's what I loved about Silver Screams, which then lends itself to why I love some of these movie houses later on, like uh, Halloween. So, yeah, it's a major, major tier one for us, Silver Screams. Okay, where are we here for me? We are at Frankenstein Creation of the damned i remember i i just like frankenstein i like i like the monster uh i like the makeup uh i like the you know i'm i, I watched a uh like a trailer almost or a sneak peek into this uh maze that was on youtube to refresh my memory you remember it had that green color theme about it i don't know if you remember that or not. i i do actually i i remember that the uh castle was really really well done um the the sets of the castle yeah so uh for all of those reasons it ends up landing in our tier two port of evil stage and, and i think i think that's deserving that's where it needs to be yeah i do too I'm not, because I'm not, my, again my, my recollection and looking at some of our notes is that it, although it was very good looking and although it did tell the the sort of frankenstein monster story that it didn't have a whole lot new to it and as we've talked about although this is not the end all be all it it really was there wasn't it wasn't a scare there were no scares of any kind really in it um it was more of a setup which is fine and could very well yeah. still be a tier one house for us but yeah. that along with um just sort of the the lack of uh jaw dropping issues here and there yeah tier two is where it belongs yep absolutely okay your turn Okay, um, well, I am going to go with Leave It to Cleaver. Leave It to Cleaver! Which, I got to admit, I enjoyed the, the name of quite a bit, and I thought that was pretty... Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty. I remember the outside cue of this for some reason because they were shining one of those video projections on the side of the building. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. No, I, you know, I, it's funny because I remember that uh, very, very clearly as well. And... 
I, I, I don't know why that is. I don't know if we have that in our video. I don't know if we had took pictures of it, but there's some reason that that does stand out for us quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, there must be. If we, if we both remember that random, this yeah. was in the disaster yeah. queue. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we actually, although I got to admit, I didn't go into this one with very high hopes and... That may be why that we are in tier two, uh, Port of Evil, with um, with this one uh, on Leave It to Cleaver, and my you know my recollection of, of this was that I, I think the thing that got me the most and the part that I I enjoyed the most was they stuck really really hard to the whole um, butcher uh, bloody meat kind of theme and both a kind of eerie way, but also tongue-in-cheek, a funny way. Um, and both of those worked pretty well. And and I, we came out of, my recollection, again, is we came out of this one laughing a little bit, in but not laughing at it, just laughing with it, that that was, that was pretty good house and pretty funny as well. So. Yep, I do agree, too. And I like, it is unique, and, you, and you've, everybody, you know, Every horror movie at some point uses some kind of sharp instrument like a cleaver. Then you combine that with, um, you know, the livestock and the animals and a lot of blood, a lot of mess, a lot of fun. You, you really can't go wrong with this house. So tier two, it is totally awesome. Okay, where are we? Is that it? No, we got two no, more. No, 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 no. We got two more. This two is when more. they're starting to crank up the houses. Crank it up. Okay, so we have got next. I'm going with the Wolfman. And where was the Wolfman? It was on the soundstage, but it did not, it just didn't do it for us. Um, you know what, man? I mean, I can't even, uh, my mind is so preoccupied when I think of werewolf houses with an American werewolf in London. It's hard for me to even really remember what in the world was in the Wolfman. I know that we didn't love it, and it ends up being in our tier three, but fill me in. What was this house about? I, you know, I don't have a great recollection either, but what I do remember is this was based on a movie, Wolfman, that came out around that yeah. time and bombed. And uh, again, I think it was set up to match scenes from the film um, with the idea that it wouldn't be a bomb. Um, and s since very few people had seen it, and we were not one of them, we had not seen it, I just think we, we felt like it was a poor take on the whole wolf, Wolfman uh, legend, completely different than the way we felt about American Werewolf in London, which, of course, will, no surprise, will be uh, a very highly rated house when we get there. So I, I don't have a lot of recollection, but I do remember that we really felt like it fell down on the job trying to tell the Wolfman story. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. This really makes sense in a lot of ways that we're not probably going to have as clear memories as tier three and tier four houses because, well, they weren't memorable. Whereas uh, as when I look at our tier one houses, I, I, there's there's per, there's a lot of specifics that I can remember about those haunts. So it kind of makes sense. You know? It does. It does. And it, it certainly is bearing itself out as we talk about the houses, um, which which leads us to the last house and a question I actually asked you right before this podcast started. And that is the spawning, which is, if you were paying attention, you uh, realize that the spawning uh, comes in as our tier four house from HHN 19. And I actually ask you, do you remember this house? Um, and, and your response was, 
I remember it stunk, yeah. and and we don't mean reality-based smells. So, and and that's you know that's that's well the, the way problem it is. is we want to smell something that's real, and there was nothing real in this house. Let me tell yeah. you, no, this it, is again in one of the tents, and it was just horrible. I mean, there's just no there's no way around it. I remember it was really bad. We didn't like it at all. Yeah, no, it was we. It was clearly the one we walked out of and, and said, just as we did with Silver Screams, this is going to be the best for the spawning. We was like, hopefully this will be the worst, and it was. And it was. It sure was. So we should just state the obvious here. For those who participated in the contest, the Tier 1 house was Silver Screams, and the Tier 4 house was The Spawning. So hopefully somebody has 25 bucks. We don't know yet because you and I are not, you know, profits we can't yep, see yep. the future uh you know speak for yourself there but well, uh, i did i'm assuming but, uh, but, but I, I don't i don't use that ability on things like this so i got you um so and and just uh, as a quick wrap up so we had one tier one in this one what do we have one two three tier two we had three tier three and one tier four so yeah. if an you look average at it, year. it exactly it breaks down to sort of an average year uh, not great but not horrible and i think to my recollection that seems correct yeah, that's right. Moving on now to Halloween Horror Nights 20. Oh my goodness, Rex. There's so much we could talk about with the event itself, and that's not why we're here. We're here on this podcast to talk about mazes. But the 20th anniversary, all the hype leading up to that, the icon was Fear himself. All the other icons, they bowed down to this guy. This is the one who is directing all the action. All of the fears is coming from fear himself and i've been watching a couple of documentaries expedition theme park just released a documentary on hhn 20 and it seems like the universal consensus is the fear icon wasn't horrible it wasn't bad but people didn't love it and it didn't really take off so they kind of just moved on and you never heard from fear again but i actually liked him and i think you did too is that fair to say i mean we we kind of got a kick out of the fear concept and i personally hope to see him again at some point in the future yeah i actually don't think i liked him as much as you did um, okay I, I found it to be a little bit um I, I i i don't even know how to describe it in that I, but i remember when i i saw him uh in the event, the icon, and uh, they did, you know, some of the trailers and posters and all of that. I thought, I'm not sure, you know, just a fear icon that's fear as a whole, fear itself, and all that. Uh, it, I, I didn't hate it, but I am much, I can tell, well, but let me say this, I'd much prefer to see fear again than Jack. Oh my God, I just destroyed half the HHN community with that statement. But uh, as much as I like Jack, I feel like we have used Jack plenty, and there are other options we could use to, uh, to kind of make things a little more interesting. Um, so I wouldn't mind to see Fear come back, but I don't believe it's going to happen. Well, you know, what you just said basically perfectly captures what the Expedition Theme Park approach was, which is people don't hate them, but they certainly don't love them. And that's kind of exactly what you just said. I, You know, HHN 30 would have been a great time to revisit. I don't think we had any, uh, there was no chance of seeing Fear at, at HHN 30, maybe 40, because it'd be 20 years again, you know, maybe. who knows, and they may just never, you know, bring them back at all. But I liked the lantern with the two X's in it. There was a lot of atmosphere in HHA 20. It was just a fun event to be at. And another thing that is relevant for me and you is it just so happens that HHN 20 was the year 
that we were at City of the Dead for the first time. So do you remember in Denver, a local haunt? So do you remember we had our television monitor set up and we were actually showing clips from our experience at HHN 20 with our Rex and the Beast booth? You remember that? Oh, sure. Um, Absolutely. So that that's kind of seared into my conscience as well, how that whole year of 2010 was just a really special year for us uh, for all of those reasons. So let's talk about the mazes then. First up that I see here uh, is Catacombs Black Death Rising. And again, you know, I, I don't want to sound like, um, you know, a jerk on this or anything, but Catacombs was in one of the tents. And I, I just, I can assure you that means it's going to be tier three or four. And it was, so that's tier three. The idea here is just that, um, you know, when you think of Catacombs, you think of dark, you know, dungeon-like places with skulls all over the place and bones and and that's kind of what they were going for you're walking through it but it just didn't really have much to offer man and it kind of fell flat so it goes in tier three for us yeah i i um i didn't enjoy this one much i didn't think it had much um kind of character to it and i don't mean the characters i mean it, it seemed pretty much the same from beginning to end and the um, what you're seeing and what was going on just didn't work really for me. I like the concept, um, and I I think if you threw money in this this concept on a soundstage and made it one of those types of big things, it could be very very uh, good. But but this was not that. Yeah, I think it had a lot of potential as well. The story behind it could have been very very good, but it just fell flat for whatever reason. So tier three it is. Okay, I think you're up. All right. Well, um, let me jump up to um, one that which was in some ways sort of the house of the night, which was Horror Nights, the hallowed past. Um, And this was one that they'd set it up, uh, something that really works well for us and goes to sort of our heart on this. Sometimes a little bit of nostalgia built in with a trip through um, past events, past years and Although those can sometimes fall flat because they seem stale and they don't have any newness to them, the way they did it made it very, very interesting. And this is, if I didn't say it, this is a tier one house for us. Tier um, one house, yeah. Yep. And and it was it just it hit exactly the way we like uh, this type of nostalgia to hit, and we really enjoyed this. I remember really feeling good about it when we came out. Yeah, same here. It's in the parade building. Again, we said just a moment ago, those are usually uh, mazes that we like that are in the parade building. And we are. We're huge nostalgia guys. So the hallowed past just lends itself to our interests and what we love. It was a great house. So it gets the tier one spot. Well, while we're in tier one there, let me just go ahead and mention another house that is in tier one. It was on the soundstage and that's Legendary Truth, uh, the Winded Dot. Winnedot Estate. Um, is it is that how you say it? Win Win Windot Windot. I always thought it was Winen uh, Winendot. Yeah, Wyandot. but, I, but I'm, I I honestly Win, don't know. Windot Winendot. But this was basically ghost hunters, like uh, the spirit seekers, the ghost hunters, and the legendary truth. Which was it? Wasn't that a television show? Or was it a was that a movie? No, it wasn't a movie. It was. Wasn't that actually like a reality TV thing? 
The I ghost don't know. The ghost seekers think, or whatever? I, I really have no idea. I didn't think so. Um, but, but I, I mean, this, this legendary truth concept flows through a number of HHNs, sort of the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, the legendary truth of, you know, finding the clues and doing all of that. And, but I, I'm not sure about if it was a TV show or a movie. Yeah, I think I made that up. Could be. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, doesn't do that. Uh, the the thing that I remember the most out of this is. <laughs> is do you remember this? Because uh, again, I sometimes my memory on specifics is a little weak. But do you remember there? There was like a cl- uh, a, a see through floor, uh, a, cl- a floor that you could see through. Yep, you it was in like the second room. <laughs> and and you had ghosts underneath you and different things. And I just remember that worked really well and was you know a very unique setup. Yeah, it was like in the second room. And then there are the faces that glow. They just work so incredibly well. We went through this house twice, if you remember. Yep. At one of the, you know, so we don't do that with many, but we did with Legendary Truth. And I loved it both times. I thought it was just fantastic. And it was a real surprise because, again, it didn't necessarily lend itself to something I thought was going to be all that great. That might be kind of hokey that, you know, the spirit seekers and the ghost hunters and everything. But no, it was great. And it lands in tier one. Well, let's um, let's jump on to another in a series that is a series that we love, and that is the Psychoscarapy Echoes of Shady Brook. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, the HHN 20 um, Psychoscarapy entry. And unlike the other two Psychoscarapies that we have had so far, it is not in Tier 1, but it is in Tier 2 mm-hmm. as a very solid Tier 2 house. Um, another soundstage house, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I, again, I remember as you go in, as is true in a lot of soundstage houses, the facade and the entryway was just super cool and just draws you right in. And then once you get in, you got some bad stuff happening and it, they, they set it up pretty good. A, a good house, not quite as good as the previous two psychoscarapies, but still solid as can be. Yeah, if it's psychoscarapy, it's just going to be good. It's just the way that it's been. This one, they kind of took the approach of it's been sitting um, empty. You know, it's like many years later after the actual um, facility itself. I don't know if you can remember, but the facade was like nature had taken over or whatever. You remember that? It was all overgrown. Uh, the, the, yes, the, absolutely. That's what I mean. I remember that from the entry. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you just say that? I did. Oh, yeah, sorry. I blanked on that. I was no, no looking at my no list. Problem. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was great. Um, you know, one thing, I don't, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this point here on, as we go through this, but uh, after hitting three of these so far, uh, I mean, do you, do you think that Universal will be afraid, no pun intended, to go down the psychoscarapy path again, sort of the way uh, the way the culture has shifted, the idea of using the insane as a, uh, a, a joke here. I've seen a lot of local haunts that have come out and said they're dropping using any of that insane asylum kind of stuff. Um, do you think that's something that would be on Universal's mind as they're building, uh, you know, for the future? You know, it's interesting because I can't seem to get a good feel for where Universal is on these kinds of things. It seems like one year they pull way back and they, you know, they're not going to have some of the more extreme um, features of the mazes. They're going to stay as politically correct as they can. And then it seems like the next year they just totally throw it, throw it out and 
it's just hardcore all the way. It seems like they just kind of go back and forth, and maybe there's a reason for that. I don't know. At this point, I would say I, I don't think so. I, it's such yeah. a brand. It's such a it's such a staple of of Halloween Horror Nights. And at some point, you just have to say, listen, if we're going to put on an event like this, which is based on gore and extreme uh, visuals that would make most people sick at their stomach, then you're going to have to run into this at some point. Of course, there are levels and there are degrees at which we're willing to look at this stuff, but they've, they've pushed those. I no, mean, they, they, had, they haven't. They've had in dolls the past, and they've had children and we've had all kinds of whacked out stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to sort of see how it goes because we know um, even the shows and different things, it's been a little different for... Um, for HHN um, California, yeah. you know, they have been more sensitive to some of this stuff. But anyway, we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, uh, obviously, I am thoughtful about these things as well. But uh, psychoscopy, I, I would, uh, I would hate to see that uh, tossed um, because I've never gone through them and felt that way about that. I, I thought it was, uh, they've been great. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But all right, where are we at here? Well, we are. Is it your turn? I think I just did psychoscarapy. Okay, so. then I'm just going to take the next one, which is Hades, the Gates of Ruin. Yeah, and that's well-named, well well-named. Yeah, I just remember, you're right, that, that this Ruin is a good name for this. We Neither one of us liked it. We walked out basically saying that was one of the stupidest things we had ever seen. Now, wasn't this, is this a movie, was this based on a movie? Was Hades, Gates of Ruin a movie? Gosh, man, I don't know. Uh, because I, I I remember thinking this must be a movie that just stunk, um, and so I, I, I. But I don't know yeah, if it I was or not. I do not I really remember. Don't. I'm sure there's a movie called Hades. <laughs> well, I'm sure but, of that too. But um, but anyway, but whatever. It was it was not uh, not a good house. Not. Mel it was Torme. not Mel Torme, <laughs> or even close. You know, it was uh, so. It, it was. It was. It was really Hades. It was Hades. I mean, you know, we should offer a fifty dollars gift card right now if somebody can tell us what movie that was from. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I think we have a couple of people that would have a shot at it, but you know, I don't know. They are not Mel Torme. They are not Mel Torme. Okay. So that's tier four. Latrine. Latrine. It's not going not gonna to happen. All right, your turn. All right. So I am going to go to the orphanage, Ashes to Ashes. Ashes to Ashes. Uh, um, again, another, we talked about, uh, you know, school. We talked about uh, how I kind of confused it with Knights of Terror before, and then they had a, a scare zone on the schoolhouse and all this. So they're really pushing this whole kind of kid sort of thing. Um, and, and, I mean, obviously, orphanage is different than um, a school, but the concept is is similar in that you're dealing with children and issues there. And uh, th- this was this wasn't one that that rocked for us. This is, I believe, tier three. Is that right? Tier three. Yes. So, um, and one thing that I do remember um, that I don't think I'm confusing uh, with the other with the other uh, kids' house, is they did sort of send into this in a like a burning building or something like that. Wasn't it set up that way? And yeah. So, and so I remember they tried to have some, you know, reality-based smells with the smoke and things like that. But, yeah. um, but overall, it didn't work. And 
this was Cindy was involved in this one, and Cindy was one of those icons that fell apart in earlier years and is really not very well known at all. And it seems like every time they try to put someone like that into a house, the house sort of falls flat because 80% of the people don't even know who it is, and it just doesn't work well. So I, I didn't enjoy this one much. Nope, I didn't either. It was in the Jaws queue. So all we can do with this house is to have a little bit of a heart tug because it was in the Jaws queue, you know. Rest in peace, Jaws. Moving on. Okay, um, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Zombie Geddon. Oh boy! It just I mean, that's got—it's got to be a winner with that name, doesn't it? That I mean, is so awful. Zombie Zombie Geddon. You—you can't ultimately go wrong with zombies walking around. I mean, it's always going to be kind of cool, right? But not really. Uh, this one was in the disaster. <laughs> This one was in the disaster Well, queue. it was just cool enough to get it out of Tier 4. Tier 4. This, this exactly. is a Tier 3. It's Tier 3 for sure. And I can't even remember. There was some kind of industrial, you know, corporate tie-in or something. Not, I don't mean like sponsorship. I mean, wasn't there something in the house itself about you're going in to hunt these things or something. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, there was. I don't think we spent a lot of time worrying about it. But, it's, no. yeah, you were being trained to hunt them or something like that. Um, and it, it it was a poor shot at the zombies, let me tell you. As much as we disliked Walking Dead stuff, I mean, with the exception of one of the houses, which was completely horrid, I think. I mean, even the Walking Dead stuff was a lot better than this. So. Yeah, that's right. And I think that brings us to the last one. And I think the last one is... Oh. Well, maybe... That, wait, wait a minute. What is the last one? Does the last one... It, was that it? Nope. There's one more. Havoc. What, what am I missing? Oh, Havoc. Dogs of War. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, uh, again, a name that just cries out that we're not going to be good. Um, and... <laughs> And, and and it wasn't. It was a tier three night prey. It wasn't tier four because it did have a couple of interesting, um, interesting moments in it. But I, I, again, this was another one. Interestingly enough, that was sort of they had this made up company doing something, and you know you're making these super strong. The one thing I remember is you remember the masks they wore. That was kind of a quasi gas mask, gas mask thing, yeah. and whatever. Yeah, and. I thought that worked pretty well, but then when everybody was wearing those, and I, it it just seemed a little repetitive, and and didn't it didn't do it. Tier three, it didn't work. And again, you could take a pretty good guess by the names: Hades, the Gates of Ruin, and Havoc, Dogs of War. Those those don't get get us too fired up. No, I, I mean, I, I remember before HHN us saying. There is no way Havoc Dogs of War is going to be any good. And, I mean, maybe it was a little better than we thought, but we, we, we did not have high hopes there. And, and, and that was correct. It's in a sprung tent, number two. It was loud. I remember the house was loud, and that was basically it. It, it really had nothing to offer. You know, the description was an elite corps of soldiers, which makes me think of a crack commando unit, and the A-team is much better than this. That's for sure. Have you seen the new A-team yet? No, I never have. Okay, we're watching it when we go to Orlando. Okay. We're, all right, we're doing it. Um, I'll figure out where to do it. that sucker because I think you're going to love it. And, I, you know, I told you I really enjoyed it. 
And, of course, you know, you can't replace, you know, the Hannibal from the TV series, George Papard and all of that. But no. they do as good a job as you possibly could. And I, we're, we're going to watch it. I want to watch it. Well, there it is. Halloween Horror Nights 19 and 20. So out of those two events, 19 and 20, which event do you think was better between these two? Oh, I think 20 was clearly better than 19. 20, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I, I think that's for sure. As you said, the, uh, right now we're just talking about the, the houses. The houses were better. But if you take the event as a whole, 20 was way better because the atmosphere, the big double X's and the scare yeah. zones and all that was just an amazing uh, scare zone set. And you know, 20, 20, 20 takes 19 down. Remember the flames that would come off the top of the, the two X's? Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. As Madeline Kahn would say, flames. From the yep. side of my head, flames, burning flames. We have a great, we have a great clip in our video of uh, you walking right by fear, fear, and yeah. um, in, in the um, in that scare zone with the the, the big X's that put twenty right behind us. Um, and it, one it of was the cool. things I liked about fear in the scare zone is that he just kind of meandered around and didn't pay any attention to you. It's like we're not even worthy of his time. So I thought they did that kind of well. It's like, it's a concept that, that works pretty well, but in reality, I'm not sure how much that worked. Well, it oh. was terrible. <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> so, uh, but if my daughter would have done is, that, is, that would have been scary, especially I, during the Rona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. If you want to talk about politically incorrect, how about a Corona? Well, I, I thought about that when we were talking about uh, catacombs, Black Death Rising, because in effect, that's what that was. There that's was true. an out, outbreak of some kind of virus, and they trapped them all in the catacombs, and they still walk around there living. So, yeah, you could just change that baby up if you want to really push, uh, push it. But uh, that one I don't think we're going to see. No, no, I hope not. That definitely would be too far. Too soon, too soon. You That's know. right. That's right. Maybe in 500 years. And <laughs> Well, that wouldn't be too soon, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like pretty much when the uh, Black Plague, right? The 16th century. Oh, I, guess that, yeah, I guess that's about right. Well, um, those two were pretty good. I am, I am actually kind of excited to get into um, the, the 20s here because we have some great events and we have some crap events and it's going to be fun talking about the houses from those uh, those different uh, different events yeah yeah because as we all know the superheroes have been somewhat helpful in the past yeah well not really no they really haven't helped much at <laughs> no, all not but, at all actually you know. um you know as we think about how often we use quotes from things either from movies or things we have done how often do you think Mishinawe 2 plays into that? Is the, you know, Do we pull a lot of things from that? Uh, I, think, yeah. I think we do. I think we do. I think Mishinawe 2, we have a decent amount. and We pull a few from Mishinawe 1, but Mishinawe 2 is clearly more quotable than 1. Right. Um, the Jungles of Africa, I say that a lot from Mishinawe 1. And then you say, isn't it Mishinawe 1 where you say... I'll be thinking about that. We yes. say that about five times a day, probably. Um, so. Wait a minute. That's not right. I'll be thinking about that's from Mission IOA 2 because I say that as I'm coming down the stairs um, when I walk out of um, in, in Universal, I walk out of the frame and then Barry walks out and starts talking. So that's no, from my, No, that's not right. Is that not right? Uh-uh. No, it's it's part one. <laughs> oh, that's right because I have the I have the flip phone. Uh, yeah. And I don't have the flip phone in 2. That's right. But it is no, but it, no, the flip phone is 2. Is 
Looks like Rex needs to rewatch our I'm gonna, movies. I'm going to fire those up, guys. I'm going to have to go back to the IOA and IOA 2 because I'm Rex, sure. The flip phone is part two is when you pull the, the beast is going down. He's going down hard line. But I'll be thinking about that is after I have announced I'm going to the jungles of Africa to get out of here. That's right. And, because, I yes, I can see the clip now because I can see the shirt I'm wearing. And that's clearly one. Yeah, absolutely. yeah we're, we're in Marvel Superhero Island when you say it. Yes, yes, that's right. I'll be thinking about that. <laughs> and, I mean, because that's one of the great cuts of all time of you're going where only three other people know about <laughs> right. jungles of Africa. And I was like, I can't find the beast anywhere. I think I'm going to have to go find him in Africa. <laughs> Yeah, which I do in about continent. ten seconds. Like, sorry, exactly. Uh, yeah. If you guys, if you guys haven't watched Mission IOA and Mission IOA Two, you ought to take twenty minutes and uh, and go find those on our YouTube channel because they are amazing. As people may or may not remember, especially Mission IOA Two, if you want to see how much you know about Universal and Islands of Adventure, I don't remember exactly the number, but I think it was nineteen. Uh, 18 or 19 lines from various rides are used in the script as we are doing it. And at the time, we had a big competition to see who could get them all. And as I recall, at the time, there was only one person who was able to get them all. Do you remember who that was? Mm. No. That was a amazingly young Taylor Strickland. Um, who became the, uh, of course, uh, owner oh, and head wow. of right? uh, Orlando right, yeah. Informer. But he, wow. I mean, he must have been 15 at the time, and he was doing stuff on the forums and things for um, uh, Orlando Informer back when Dan Hetfield owned it. And he was the only person that got every single quote um, the first time. There have been a couple of people get them since um, in you know, kind of watching it after the fact. But in any event, it's fun. It is fun. We're gonna, it's about time for Mission IOA 3, I guess. I guess it is. I mean, keep in mind, if you're watching those, we filmed those in one day in the park. That's I mean, right. And, and Mission, if you watch Mission IOA 2, the, the scene in the ETQ, we'll talk at some point in the future about how amazing that was. We've talked about it before, but it was really amazing. We had help from the workers, help from the, the people coming through the queue. I mean, it was, it, it was an amazing time. Obviously, if we did Mission IOA 3, we'd be filming differently because we could never get away with what we did then. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did not hide it at all. We were just out in the open doing whatever we wanted to do. Pretty wild, and that was back fun, when. That's, 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 that's back when they knew Rex and the Beast, baby. They knew who they were dealing with. They, they knew it was knew a big who, deal. Uh, that's right. That's right. So Rex and the Beast is here. We're going to be doing some filming. That's fine. That's fine. So. We'll get there, but we'll get all the tourists out of the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, man. Well, that's us. This this go around. Thanks for listening. For joining the journey. Be sure to stick with us. We'll be doing twenty one and twenty two, very very soon. This is a lot of fun. Can't wait for our trip coming up in mid October. Where, Rex, it appears we may be going through a couple of Halloween Horror Nights houses. So that's pretty exciting. It is. It is. We're going to, yeah, because the interesting things we're going to have to deal with is we only have one day at, at Universal as we're currently structured. And so we'll want to try to go hit those houses early. But that's also the way you want to hit Hagrid. So, you know, we're just going to have to, we're just going to have to roll the dice and hope it doesn't come up craps. Craps. <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, on behalf of the Beast, and that's me. Um, listen, stay strong and courageous. It's this is RexandTheBeast.com. Join the journey. Yeah.